Hello and welcome to the Manager Mojo Show. Steve Caldwell here and we're so glad that you're here. We use our mojo to really become greater leaders. Now, let's get started by listening to something good. If you're a leader with managers reporting to you, I want to ask you a few questions to ask yourself. Does your leadership team work seamlessly together? Are they focused and organized? Do they function well or fight each other? Do they communicate effectively or are they cloaked with confusion? Do they make decisions efficiently and effectively? Are they hiring, training, and keeping the best talent? If someone leaves, do you have an A player waiting on the bench? Well, if you can't answer yes to all the above, then perhaps I can help you and your team. I help leadership teams work together harmoniously and achieve greater business results. If you want a a free assessment and a discussion, just email me, steve at managermojo.com. Tell me you'd like to, to chat for a little bit and we'll schedule a call. Thank you. That's steve at managermojo.com. Hello and welcome everyone to the Manager Mojo Show. Steve Caldwell here and I've got a real treat for you today. Uh, Before I formally introduce my guest who is the author of an amazing book, I just want to ask you a few questions to be getting you in the right frame of mind so that you can really enjoy our conversation. Uh, Have you ever been at a new, needed a new phase in your life and you want to try something different but you don't know what to do? Have you ever been laid off and you need to find a new job and you need to do it quickly? Uh, Have you ever wanted to move up in a company, but you just don't really know how, or you're being held back by misconceptions about you? Have you ever uh, been uh, in a job that you thought, well, you know, I don't really fit here, but I fit somewhere else in the company and you don't know how to get there? Have you ever started somewhere in your career and you said, you know what, I don't like doing this and I want to do something different, but you don't know how to stand out. Well, if you've had any of those questions, and I'm sure a lot more, then you're going to love our guest today. Our guest is Dory Clark. Dory is the author of Reinventing You. She's also the author of numerous other books, including Entrepreneurial You, Re- uh, Stand Out, Uh, and many others as well. She is a very, very best-selling author. She had the number one leadership book of 2015, which was Stand Out, uh, and a Washington Post bestseller. Uh, The New York Times described her as an expert at self-reinvention and helping others make changes in their lives. And uh, from this book, I promise you, if you don't have it, you're going to see how she does that. She has a very interesting background and I'm going to save some of her background because I want to talk a little bit about it because she's reinvented herself several times. Dory, welcome to the Manager Mojo Show. Steve, thanks for having me. Well, it's our honor to have you here today and I can't wait to to share 
the wisdom that you've learned in your book and uh, your thoughts. But before we do that, why don't you share with our listeners what fun thing you've been up to lately outside of work? Well, Steve, one of the things that I've been spending a lot of time on uh, in the last year or two and am going to be spending even more time on is musical theater. Um, I, uh, I got accepted recently into a fellowship program that uh, it's a two-year fellowship that trains you in musical theater writing. And so I am starting in the fall and I'm going to be uh, training to do um, to be a, a musical theater lyricist. Uh, so I'm very excited about that. And I've been consequently on a campaign to educate myself as much as possible about the field in general. Well, that is absolutely incredible. And thank you so much for sharing that because, hey, it, it jumps us off right into reinventing you. Here you go again. So, Dory, tell us a little bit about your story. What caused you to come up with this amazing book in the first place? Well, I, I was inspired about the book. It actually stemmed from a blog post that I wrote for the Harvard Business Review, mm-hmm. um, which was called How to Reinvent Your Personal Brand. And I wrote that post because early in my career, I was faced with, I guess, what you could call a forced reinvention. I had been a newspaper reporter, and I ended up getting laid off from my job. Um, And it was very inauspicious circumstances. I got laid off on Monday, September 10th, 2001. Um, So the, the, the next day was not the best day to be searching for a job, as you can imagine. And it really, it, it hammered home for me just how, uh, how precarious some things can be and how essential it is to be flexible and nimble enough to reinvent yourself. Well, uh, and you certainly uh, have done that. So why don't you uh, just kind of share a little bit uh, of your background about the things that you have reinvented yourself from? I mean, I know that you're not only going into music, but you've also, uh, you're an adjunct professor at Duke University's Fuqua School of Business. You are a professional speaker. We know you're an author. You have done many other things as well. So tell us uh, that passion for the change that drives you. Yeah, thank you. So um, early on, you know, I, I had a lot of uh, a lot of different hats that I wore after I was a journalist and, and got laid off. I ended up going into politics uh, because I had been a political reporter, and so I became a press secretary on a governor's race and then a uh, communications director on a presidential campaign. Um, neither of them won, so I, uh, I then became a nonprofit executive director. And uh, then ultimately, 12 years ago, started my own business. But even within that business, um, you know, the sort of broad rubric is marketing strategy consulting. Um, I, I'm a big believer in keeping things fresh, trying new things, expanding your horizons. And so there's a lot of things that I do within it, as you were alluding to, uh, such as doing business school teaching. I write books. I do keynote speaking. Uh, in the last couple of years, I've started uh, creating online courses, running uh, paid mastermind groups, things like that. Um, so there's, there's a lot of pieces where I continue to, to change and pivot my business model and learn and grow as well. Well, that's awesome because I think uh, for our listeners, uh, what you've done is that you've lived this book. And, and I see it in, in all of the pages within the book. It, it's just uh, really fascinating at 
how you actually help people go through the process of reinventing themselves. I find that most people, when they start talking about, they, they run across one of these uh, watershed moments in their career and they don't really know what to do or where to turn. This book is an outstanding place for you to start. And so I certainly recommend that. So tell, tell our listeners what this book is and what it is not. How about that? Sure. So, uh, so the new book, Entrepreneurial You, is a book that is about how to create multiple income streams in your business. And so broadly speaking, I would say it's about you know, how, to, how to think more entrepreneurially. Um, but in terms of, of the results that I really hope readers get, um, it's, it's about how to make sure that you are diversifying the ways that, uh, that you earn money. I think, I think for most of us, we, you know, we maybe have one way that we do it. It's either a day job or, you know, maybe if you have your own business, it's like, oh, well, you know, I'm a marketing consultant, so I write marketing plans for people. Um, but what I learned very early on as a result of my unexpected layoff was that market conditions can change overnight. And so if you want to hedge against risk, but also have the opportunity to really capture the upside, creating multiple revenue streams is really the secret to that. Um, the more legs you have on the table, the more solid it is. And so, you know, people might say, well, you know, that sounds complicated or, you know, wouldn't that divert your attention? But the truth is, in a lot of cases, you can create multiple revenue streams without that much additional effort. Um, so, for instance, I mean, these things sort of support each other. Um, so in my case, I write books. Um, that is one revenue stream. But also somebody might read my book and then say, oh, I really like Dory's stuff. I want to hire her as an executive coach, which is another revenue stream. Or they might say, oh, we want to bring her in to be a speaker at our company which is another revenue stream. Or maybe they say, I'm going to join her email list. And then from the email list, they say, wow, she has an online course. I'm going to take the online course. That's another revenue stream. It's really thinking broadly about the different ways you can leverage your intellectual property to better reach your customers in the way they want to be reached. There's, there's no question that I think in this day and age, we need uh, to be more adaptable uh, to changing market conditions in business. Uh, from your experience, I know you've had a lot of different things that, that you've done. Uh, what, uh, what do people, in, in terms of what's really changed, there, there was a period of time when people worked for the same company for many years. Now that doesn't seem to happen anymore. So uh, tell us what your experience has been and what do you hear from your clients? Yeah, well, it's, it's certainly true. I mean, starting especially in the, uh, in the early to mid-1990s, there was a, a huge shift. I mean, these companies that, that had been the pillars of modern industry um, just, uh, it just had dramatic workforce reductions. And I think uh, it, it, it sort of shook up how people thought about their work life. They realized, oh, you know, this, this is not a contract anymore. Uh, the, the, the terms had been broken. And so if you want to be uh, protected, you have to be the person who is the captain of your career. And so even if you love your day job, even if, even if you want to stay at it forever, um, it is still, I would argue, a really great thing to develop a side income stream 
um, because A, you never know, but B, the skills that you learn in the process of doing it are things that you can actually take with you forever and take back to your company. So for instance, there's a guy that I profile in my book, Entrepreneurial You, named Lenny Achan, and he has a great story. He was a nurse at a hospital, and he ended up getting promoted and promoted. He ultimately ended up running communications for the entire hospital, and the, you know, which is, of course, not a normal career trajectory for a nurse. But the way that he was able to do it was that on his own time, he became really interested in smartphone apps, and he decided that he was going to learn how to create them. And so just, again, on, on his own, out of curiosity, he built and launched a couple of apps. And when his boss found out about it, at first he was a little nervous. He thought, oh, no, you know, is my boss going to be upset? Is this going to be an issue? Turns out his boss was not upset. His boss was so impressed that Lenny had taken the initiative to do this that he gave Lenny a promotion, um, first to run social media for the hospital and then ultimately to run all of communications. Amazing. Uh, you know, I think that uh, what people are doing, and the lesson that I'm hearing out of that, is that they're they're not allowing themselves to be boxed into just one thought process. Is is that a fair standpoint uh, statement? Yeah, I think I think that's right. Um, you know, so much of uh, of the industrial age relics uh, in in terms of of mindset or. Um, what was sort of implicitly put forward was, oh, just, you know, here's your thing to do, do this thing. And, you know, that, that works when we need humans to essentially operate like robots. But that is the last thing that we need in today's economy, because you know what? We have robots for that. We have robots that will act like robots. <laughs> if, if we're going to have any competitive advantage whatsoever, we have to be the opposite of robots. We have to we have to be flexible and adaptable, and we have to look at changed circumstances and conditions and say, oh, maybe I should try this other thing now. And that involves a willingness to be creative, to, to, to question assumptions, and to ask yourself, are we even asking the right question to begin with? That's how the big breakthroughs happen. Well, uh, for for somebody that's just kind of struggling for, maybe they're in a position, let, let's say they're in a job that really doesn't uh, excite them that much. And uh, th they're leading people, but they don't, they don't really want to do that particular company or that particular job anymore. What, what is part of the uh, thought process that you recommend that they go through so that they can actually begin to take actions? We always talk about actions here at, at Manager Mojo. And uh, we're, we're not people that just sit back and do nothing. So what are the actions that you recommend that we do? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that um, the first action that I would suggest, Steve, is that you know, sometimes the conversation around entrepreneurship or kind of creating a, an entrepreneurial side project, it, it gets distorted in some ways because people sometimes equate it. They say, oh, you know, entrepreneurship, they think, they think tech or they think Silicon Valley or they think, oh, I have to, you know, get venture investing or something like that. And that is, that is just the extreme uh, case. The vast majority of, of, of people or things that you're going to do never need to do that. One thing that I actually suggest as a good entry point for a lot of people to begin to experiment with entrepreneurship is the idea of doing some coaching or some consulting on the side. 
And I feel like this is this is a good initial step, uh, partly because there's no startup costs, right? I mean, presumably, you already have a computer, you already have an internet connection. Beyond that, that's that's pretty much all you need. It's not like you need infrastructure. It's not like you need to get investors. Um, most people have something. You know, by the by the time you've been a professional in the workforce for a little while, you have probably developed some skills that other people would consider to be valuable in some way. And it could relate directly to your, uh, to, to your profession, um, but it might, it might not, actually. It could be uh, something that is a little bit different. And a good question to ask yourself is, what do your friends in your social network already come to you for? We probably all have something like that. You know, maybe you're such a baseball fanatic that, you know, whenever people are putting together their fantasy teams, they always want your opinion. Or maybe you have such a great fashion sense that people are always trying to drag you to the mall with them because, you know, they, they want your eyes on it. Whatever the thing is, whether it's tied to your job or not, that is a clue that people are giving you that, A, they consider you an expert in this area, and B, that that is an area of interest to them. And that doesn't mean that they will pay because, you know, they're your friends, they're used to getting things for free. But it means that it is quite possible that someone might pay for that. And if you are able to begin to gin up uh, some, uh, some coaching or consulting business on the side, um, oftentimes from, from friends of friends, um, then the first dollar you earn, that makes you an entrepreneur. It's not like you have to charge market rates uh, from the get-go. Uh, if you just get started, you start the process, that begins to create a chain reaction where uh, where you start you start learning more about it, you start taking yourself more seriously, and it begins to take on a life of its own. Well, one of one of the things I know that we have uh, in our listeners, we have a really diverse group of people. We do have entrepreneurs, but we also have people that are working as managers and leaders within companies. And they struggle uh, just, it, maybe they're not looking for an outside income, but they, they're, they're trying to, uh, to, to really get themselves at a different level in their company. And I know in, in your book, Reinventing You, you talk uh, about uh, a process about getting a 360 from other people. That, and I think it fits directly with entrepreneurship because at, at the same time, as uh, we're looking for this new thing to do, if, if we really begin to think of ourselves in our existing company, whether it's a, a mid-sized company or a large company or a small company, the more we look at ourselves in an entrepreneurial fashion, the more accurate we're going to be in going after those things that we're passionate about. And I, so when, when we do those kind of things, What's the benefit of us really getting the honest feedback from our friends, our coworkers, and others to helping us understand what our real strengths are? Yeah, so I think you raise a, a really important point. Um, as I wrote in Reinventing You, fundamentally, you know, as we're getting conscious of, of what, our, what our brand is in the marketplace, which is really just another way of saying, like, what is your reputation? What do people mm -hmm. think about you? And, of course, that is important to know because the truth is your reputation determines the opportunities. If you are not seen as being qualified for a certain type of thing, people are not going to offer you that job. They're not going to offer you that promotion. Um, but if, on the other hand, you are seen as really 
creative or really strategic or, you know, whatever the thing is you're trying to optimize for, it actually opens up possibilities sometimes that you didn't even know were out there because your, your brand is doing the work for you. So part of the first step is, under, is just getting an understanding of, well, how are you seen right now? You're not a blank slate. People, uh, people think something about you. The question is, what is it? And is it what you hope it might be? So an early exercise that I suggest that, that people might consider doing is what I call the three-word exercise. And it is, it is very simple, very quick. And basically what it looks like is over the course of, you know, let's say the next few days or the next week, you go to about half a dozen people that know you reasonably well, and you ask them a, a really simple question. If you had to describe me in only three words, what would they be? And your, your job at that point is, you know, write down the words that they use because um, you're, you're probably going to forget after a few days. So write them down so you can see them. And almost assuredly, by the time you ask, you know, four or five people what their answers are, you're going to start to see some real overlap and some convergence in what they're saying. And the value of this is it's, it's usually not that they're going to say something that is so crazy or so surprising or you've never heard it before. Um, odds are you're going to hear what they say and kind of nod and say, oh, yeah, sure, yeah, that's me. Mm -hmm. But what is distinctive and what is, what is important in this exercise is that what they are telling you is what is it they think is most unusual about you. And this is something that we literally cannot know unless we ask other people. The reason is, you know, we're just, we're too close in. We know too much about ourselves. And it's very hard to sort of distill what the key points are, what's most special, most unique. But when we hear that from other people, it gives us clues about what are the competitive advantages and strengths that we have that we can really begin to strategically leverage. Well, I, I think that that's 100% correct. And uh, I love uh, one thing that you wrote that it was a line that I highlighted because it just makes so much sense to me. When you, when you start getting a, a real honest feedback from people that know you well, uh, you made a statement and I quote, it says, if three people say you're a horse, buy a saddle. So, what, I mean, I love that line. I thought it was outstanding because at, at the end of the day, uh, sometimes we get inside our own head so much, we can't see uh, what other people see about us. It's really true. And, yeah, the, the, the credit for that line goes to uh, somebody that I interviewed for the book. Her name is Judy Robinette. Uh, she's an, an author uh, of, a, of a great book on networking and connecting. And, uh, and yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think that the quote is very apt because for most of us, I mean, the, the, you know, the, the human condition is that, you know, we're, we're so uh, certain about, about who we are. We want to be like, no, I'm not a horse. I'm not a horse. <laughs> but, but the truth is if the, if the whole world is thinking something and you're not, you're probably the one that's wrong. And, uh, and just getting honest about that and getting comfortable is, uh, is really important. It's kind of this, uh, this reckoning. And it goes to the point, your personal brand is not what you're saying about yourself. Sometimes people say, oh, your personal brand, right? That's, that's your elevator pitch. And it's like, well, you know, your elevator pitch, you know, the little thing that you say about yourself, sure, that's a part of it. But that's not your brand. Your brand 
is the sum total of all the things that people think about you. I mean, probably the least important factor is what you say about yourself. You, you manifest your brand in everything that you do. And so if you really want to think about it in a systematic and sustained fashion, we need to think about what is, what is the overall message you're sending through everything that you do. That's why I have a, you know, a section in Reinventing You called Live Your Brand. Uh, because that's that's the thing. In the end, it's not about what you say; it's about what you do. And, and that's true in in all aspects of life. Uh, we it, it's what we do, not what we talk about. Uh, I, I know uh, that this very point was uh, it was life changing and eye opening for me back many years ago when I first started in business. Uh, because I had I had that problem. I, I didn't uh, I didn't really see how other people saw me. I saw myself as a hardworking, proactive, get it done kind of person, and I didn't realize I was just totally blind to the way that that came across to others. And uh, but I started asking questions, and uh, I got a few, a good mentor, which I think you certainly recommend as well. And uh, they were like, "Well, yeah, what you really are is pretty much a jerk. Uh, you're, you're not, you're not allowing other people to express themselves. And you know, the, it, being able to understand that early in your career can help you, because it, you can say, okay, well, how did I do that? What, what was I doing that caused people to think that uh, they they weren't." comfortable expressing themselves and so when when you begin to realize that it's the things you do that causes people to either connect with you or disconnect with you uh, you do need that third party to help you and and i think that you're 100 percent right we all need it it's just that sometimes i think we're almost afraid to know the truth Do, do you see that as well yeah i think i think that that's a a very important point um that it, sometimes it can be it can be a little painful a little challenging to mm-hmm. uh, to hear things about ourselves because you know i think for most of us we have developed um we can call them justifications and you know sure you know some sometimes this is true this is right but a, a lot of times it's just kind of um it's, it's the story around it. Like, well, that's just the way I am. You know, I'm just being myself. <laughs> yeah. You know, oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I got, I got a, that brought up a point. I, I just have to share with our listeners real quickly that, uh, I mean, I had a, a, a friend that was exactly that way. The guy was a, such a pain, and he, he didn't want any input from anybody else. He was... He, he was truly just uh, a jerk in every sense of the word uh, to other people. And I confronted him about it and I said, look, you know, you, you are being a jerk to others. You're closed-minded. You don't listen. And, and it, it, you're submarining your own success. True story. He looks at me and says, I know I'm a jerk. I know I close off the uh, people, but that's just the way I am. And I'm not changing for anybody. <laughs> Well, have a great uh, life. You know, I mean, right. holy smokes. It makes you just want to whack people in the head and say, what are you thinking? 
but what what you suggest, though, it, and I, I want to take it one other step uh, before we uh, share how you uh, people can connect with you. It, it's if you see some place that you maybe want to move and you want to do, whether it's an entrepreneurship or you want to reinvent yourself. You mentioned uh, what you're doing when we started today. You talked about learning about this new area that interests you. How important is that for you to step out on your own and start really learning what other people have done in that specific area? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan, Steve, of, uh, you know, this was kind of popularized by Google. 3M did it before them years ago. But the, uh, the 20% time concept of taking, uh, you know, let's say 10 or 20% of your, of your work time and just spending it. And, of course, you can, you can do the same thing, you know, with your, with your leisure time as well. But just spending it on what I would call speculative projects, things that are not necessarily guaranteed to work. They might not. But if they did, they could be really a breakthrough. And even if they're not, there's something that could teach you something valuable. Um, I think that's what keeps us excited. That's what keeps us growing. And certainly that's how I think about spending my time as well. Because, you know, if you're just constantly doing the same thing and, you know, maybe you're moving things forward an inch, an inch, an inch, that's great. Uh, but you're never really going to get to a mile that way. Mm-hmm. And so being able to, to play around, to experiment, and to learn from that can be pretty transformative. And so I'm definitely a big fan of that. Uh, I think that certainly one of the best ways of doing that is looking around to people that you admire, both inside and, and outside your field, and seeing seeing what they're doing. You know, just you know, kind of quote unquote web stalking them a little bit to see, you know, how are they spending their time? What are I you know, not, not not to be creepy, you no, know, I, I you don't need to know I, where they get their coffee, but uh, yeah. but, well, yeah, that's uh, why a lot of people are are on the different social media platforms and. Uh, they're on LinkedIn and others, and they want you to know a little bit about what interests them and what they do. So you should look. Yeah, <laughs> that's and, right. And you know, just to see, like, oh, this person that I admire, um, you know, they're they're starting to emphasize this area, or <laughs> oh, look, you know, they're doing a lot more webinars, or you know, whatever it is, uh, it can begin to to spark some ideas for you. No question. And and Dory, you live that philosophy. And I I, I didn't point out, and this is a perfect time for me to do it to our listeners. Uh, Here's a a former reporter who winds up producing, uh, becoming a producer of a multiple Grammy winning jazz album. So your music interest, uh, you, you went out there and did some really cool things. And so congratulations to you, Dory, for doing that. Uh, I know our listeners are going to want to know a lot more about you and your work. So why don't you share with them how they can uh, connect with you and learn more about your work? Well, Steve, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, The best place for people to to find me and also find more than 500 free articles that I've written for places like Forbes and the Harvard Business Review, if they'd like to check them out, uh, is my website, which is doryclark.com. It's D-O-R-I-E-C-L-A-R-K.com. And I'll mention, too, that uh, for people who are interested in uh, questions of, of entrepreneurship or how to think more entrepreneurially and develop multiple income streams, I do have a, a free resource, which is the 88-question entrepreneurial use self-assessment. And anybody can download that for free at doryclark.com entrepreneur. 
Oh, that's awesome. And for those of you uh, that are exercising, don't hurt yourself. We will make sure that the, the links are in this post. So uh, after you're done exercising, make sure you go over and learn more about Dory and download that assessment, uh, that free assessment that she's talked about. Dory, uh, before we go, we like to talk about action items and what would be the, the main action item or two that you recommend that people take based upon our conversation today? Well, I think a, a really good one, Steve, to, to the point of the uh, three-word exercise is for people who are interested in doing it, it's, it's really fast. It's really easy. Again, you just ask um, about half a dozen people over the next few days to describe you in three words and write it down and see what the patterns are. And you will often be, uh, be surprised, not necessarily at the particular words they choose, but, but surprised that there is so much commonality and overlap in what they say. Um, you really begin to get a clear sense of what it is that other people think is distinctive about you. And that is oftentimes the, just the, the insight that you need to say, oh, maybe I actually do do this differently or do this better than other people. And maybe that is a strength that I can leverage. Awesome. What a great action item for all of us. And uh, Dory, thank you for mentioning that. Uh, my guest today has been author Dory Clark. Uh, she's the author of Entrepreneur You, Reinventing You, and Stand Out, uh, amongst many other books as well. Uh, she's a busy lady, and she continues to add to her portfolio. Uh, her wisdom is there for all of us to learn from. I highly recommend that you go to her website and learn more about her. Dory, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom today, and we at Manager Mojo wish you nothing but continued success in all your future endeavors. Thank you so much. Great speaking with you.